go. Okay, again, on the bottom of the Tanya is page 209, <coughs> about nine lines up. The line begins with the word ki'inyan, in the middle of the line ve'azai. We're learning here about the importance of yiras shomayim. That's one of the uh, the big points of this chapter. Even though um, we talk we talk about the great importance of avas Hashem, love of Hashem, and love of Hashem is something that's very warm and exciting and something that perhaps we feel more more comfortable with sometimes. And yet he talks in this parak about the importance of having a basic level of yiras shomayim, um, loosely translated as fear of Hashem or awe of Hashem or commitment to Hashem that has to precede our avodah. And what we discussed was that a person has to spend some time thinking, thinking about how, the awesomeness of Hashem and how Hashem is looking down at me individually to see what's going on. And am I, am I doing what is expected of me? Am I fulfilling my mission? And a person should be able to awaken in their mind some level of basic Yerash Shemayim. Now, here comes the next point, which is, so what if I'm thinking about the greatness of Hashem and I'm thinking about you know, the awesomeness of Hashem and that Hashem is looking at me and everything, but I'm not emotionally uh, awakened to fear of Hashem. You know, all of us know what emotional fear is. Uh, what's an example of emotional fear? Uh, I don't know if you're... Any imagination here? Scared to go to the doctor. Okay, you're scared because you might hear something bad or you're, out, you're outside and there's someone on the loose or... In the middle of an accident, whatever it is, there's things that make us fear, and then our our heart beats uh, faster, and we're afraid. So here I'm thinking about Hashem, and I'm thinking about Hashem's looking at me, and I'm not feeling fear of Hashem. And I don't think this is such an uncommon type of thing. Although I'm trying, and although I'm thinking about it, I'm not emotionally inspired. So, and that's exactly what he deals with right now. And he says, I'll read inside. Vazayan then. Afim even if after all, you know, all the thinking and all the reflection, lo tipol alav ema vafachad, it it does not fall on the person, so to speak, fear and trepidation bihisgalus libo revealed in one's heart. So I'm thinking about it, my mind is, uh, you know, engaged. I'm thinking about the greatness of Hashem, but my heart is not feeling a palpable fear. Mikal makom, nevertheless. Being that the person is making a conscious decision, that he's accepting upon himself the kingdom of heaven, and the person is drawing upon himself the fear of Hashem. In his mind, he's thinking about it. So even though it didn't make it to my heart, my heart is not yet totally, you know, having that that emotional fear, but. In my mind, I'm actually thinking about Hashem and the awe of Hashem. That's the ratzon of my mind. My ratzon is to have that sense of fear of Hashem and that sense of nullification before Hashem. And this acceptance that a person is accepting upon himself, Hashem as his king. Without any doubt, it's true. It's a true acceptance. Because this is really the nature of the soul of every Jew. Not to rebel in the Holy King in Hashem. So he says, the truth is, the nature of a neshama is not to rebel in Hashem. And I'm consciously thinking that I want to accept Hashem as my King. And I'm consciously committing myself to fulfill Hashem's commandment. The only missing link is the emotions of my heart. The emotions are not in sync. I'm not feeling it. 
Says the Tanya, it's good. So the Torah that one learns, or the mitzvah that one performs, because of this acceptance of accepting Hashem as one's king, and because of this that one is drawing down the fear of Hashem in their mind, so the Torah that I'm going to study, the mitzvah that I'm going to do is called Avoida. What does Avoida mean? Service. I'm serving Hashem like an Eved. Uh, this is called the true service of Hashem. I'm turning the page. Like every servant, like every service of a servant for his master or king. Does it, make, does it make a difference then if you feel it in your heart? So if you feel it in your heart, it's a greater level. It's a greater level, and typically that would show that a person is more spiritually sensitive, emotionally spiritually sensitive. But what he's saying here, Tanya, is that even if for whatever reason I'm not able to bring it into my heart, that doesn't compromise that the Avoida is considered a real and full Avoida Hashem. Is that considered something you have control over? Is that considered like almost like Hashem's either putting it in you or not? I mean, there's nothing you can do... Which one, the emotional part? Yeah, I mean, you're doing, you know, getting into, you know, you're, you know, accepting it into your heart and feeling it, the emotion, meaning you're doing everything you're, right. that's possible. So feeling it emotionally you know, might be for some people something that's very, very difficult and something that might even not be fully attainable. That's what I mean. It's something that Hashem just puts in you and that's your kind of your reward right. for right. doing right. it. Right, right, yeah. For, there could be different reasons for it. Um, sometimes it could be because my emotions are involved in other things, so it's harder for them to feel a spiritual involvement as well. Um, so sometimes there's like, if you will, some non-spiritual crusting, if you will, of the emotions, and therefore they're just, uh, my emotions are too involved in other things that I'm excited about. And that's a, a typical issue, that I'm so overly excited about physical stuff or whatever, that the spirituality doesn't really stick to me, so to speak. But what he's telling us here, such a powerful teaching is that as long as I'm going through the steps in my mind and in my will, my desire, that I want to accept Hashem as my king and I want to commit myself and I want to feel that basic Yerush Shemayim, that um, makes that the Avodah that I do as a result of that and the Torah that I learn as a result of that is considered Avodah Hashem. Thank you very much. However, and here is, here is I guess, the, the, the powerful idea of this chapter. It says, what if a person says, you know what, forget the whole Yerush thing. Me and Hashem, we have a buddy-buddy relationship. I love him, he loves me, and I'll serve him, and I'll do mitzvahs just out of love. I don't, I don't deal with your Hashem. And here, Tanya is going to come down very strongly against that approach. Um, even though it's an approach that some people like. You know, they don't like the whole fear thing and that. It's just, it's a love relationship. And love is important. But there has to be basic your Hashem, as he says. Mashein Kain, on the other hand, he says, Im loimidu mekayim ha-mitzvah ba'ahava levada. If one learns and performs a mitzvah with, with the feelings of love alone, in order to cleave to Hashem, so one has this tremendous desire to, to connect to Hashem. He loves Hashem, and he recognizes the only way to truly connect to Hashem is through studying Torah and through doing mitzvahs. So that's what I do. I wake up in the morning and I love Hashem, and I'm going to go do mitzvahs for Hashem, and go learn Torah for Hashem. Sounds good. That's not called service. That's called enjoy, enjoyment. That's called we're good friends. But in our relationship with Hashem, just like there is the Ahava side, there's got to be serving Hashem. As he says, Amra. The Torah says, The Pasik says, 
you shall serve Hashem. He says here, that's a Pasuk in Shemais, I'm pretty sure it's Parshas Mishpatim. There's a mitzvah to serve Hashem. Or v'oisai tavoidu, him, him you shall serve, again, from Chumash Devar. Same idea, that you didn't serve Hashem properly. So when it comes to, we call we call service in Hashem, serving Hashem, that we're serving Hashem. Avoidas Hashem. Eved Hashem. And therefore, when we, if one has the approach of just a love connection, which is nice and good, but is missing the basic premise just of being the, a servant of Hashem. That's the term we use for avodah zara. Avodah zara. True. You know? True. Service. Service. So that's, that's what he's saying. And here he brings a quote from the Zohar, which is, of course, the foundational book of all uh, esoteric parts of the Torah from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in Miron. You've been there, I'm assuming, in Miron? Been there? Lag Bomer, anyone? <laughs> Were you there, Lag Bomer? No? Yes, but like a long time ago. <laughs> right. Okay. I've been there. Okay. I mean, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is, pri- I, I think what I'm going to say is a fact, that he his... Passing the day of his passing is celebrated by Klal Yisrael like the day of no other Jewish tzaddik in the history of this yeah, world. That's right. I remember reading Eric. I mean, you, know, you have the Rambam or Rashi or Moshe Rabbeinu or anyone. No one. You have. I mean, every year we're talking about over half a million Jews that come together of every walk of Yiddishkeit, and that just tells us a little bit about this tremendous tzaddik and the one who gave us the Zohar. So here he, he has a. a, a Benachman is, is catching up with, with Uma and Rosh Hashanah, but it's not as your side. Yeah, I don't think it's the same numbers at all. It's great. Yeah, it's it's great, but not, not that uh, level. There's more hotels in Uma than there is in Rosh That's what I couldn't believe. We went there, I was like, there's 60,000 Jews who come to Uma. There's 500,000 who go to Meron. There's nine kosher restaurants in Uman with, with 12 kosher yeah, restaurants. Yeah, but there's a simple reason for that. Because <laughs> Biron is in Israel. You have the Jews, you have it everywhere. Yeah. There, you're in the middle of nowhere. You have to service the people. Okay, that's so it, man. Biron is a makkum. Without a, a doubt. In, in, in a, you can't compare it. It says, it says, you, sleep, you sleep at Miron, right? I was never in Miron. Me personally? Oh, I'm sorry. Miron, sure. I thought, I thought, I, no, I thought you meant Uman. Um, yes, in the summer, I spend every summer in Sfat. And during my summer, I visit Miron very often. Chris, no, you've never been to Miron? No, yeah, I, I thought he was talking about Uman. Um, I usually, when I'm in the summer, I try to go every week to Miron. Right. Especially before Shabbos. How far is it? Uh, Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Oh, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. it's right there. It's next door to Tzvah. Rosh Pina, Miron. It's on that area. Right, right. And on Friday afternoon, before Mincha, there's a special tefillah that is said in many nuschos, which is a section of the Zohar. Pasach Eliyohu which we say Friday before Mincha. So when I'm in Israel, I try to go Friday afternoon to say the Zohar there by the Mirot, by Shem Barachai. Are there other people there? It's like a thing to do, or you just do it yourself? That's my thing to do. But there's always people there. There's a lot of people there. It's a big place, yeah. Um, One of the funny stories that we're hardly learning here tonight, but great story. One of the Minhagim of Miron is to do Upsharanish there. For -hmm. reasons, whatever the reason is, but the fact is thousands of people come there to do their first haircut for their three-year-old son. So one of my sons... Um, he turned three just around the summer, and we figured we'll do it in Miron. But his birthday was on a Shabbos, actually, so we figured we'd do it after Mitzvah Shabbos. But Mitzvah Shabbos, I'm thinking, you know, we had Malka first. We we first headed out there about 11 o'clock p.m. And I'm thinking, so like, tired. nobody's going to be there. I remember saying, let's take some flashlights, because you never know, just to get in and whatever, do the thing. And we're, we're coming there. 
and we come there, there's music, there's hundreds of Hasidim dancing and dancing. It seems that the vision of Rebbe came for Shabbos there with 500 Hasidim, and they're just having wow. Malka. And I'm thinking well, there's going to be this little affair, <laughs> and this it's like coming into some Chaser. Did you do it there? Did sure, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember if we made it all the way up to his place. <laughs> but uh, yeah. As it's written in the Zayar and Parshas Bahar. The Zayar is written based on the sections of the Torah. So in Parshas Bahar. And the Zayar says something that um, some people don't take this well, so I'm a little insulted by it. But the Zayar says that we have to see ourselves just like an ox. He says, if you want to benefit from an ox, now, ox is a lot to give this world. You know, all plowing, everything is oxen. But when do you benefit from the ox? If you put on a yoke. And that yoke keeps it straight and keeps it able to plow the fields, it's able to give all the benefits that the ox can give us. And he says, in the same way, if we want to be able to bring the benefit of the Kedusha to this world, we have to have that yoke, the yoke of heaven. Kabbalah's Om Malchus Shemayim. Says the Zohar, Kahai Tura, like an ox, the Yavin Alei Oil Bikadmisa. The Zohar is in Aramaic. He says, the ox that you put an ol, a, a yoke, in the beginning, begin in order, la'afka minei tav la'alma chulu, in order to bring goodness from it for the world. Again, the ox is perhaps, at least definitely before modern machinery, was the greatest tool of helping um, plow and, and um you know, get the field, uh, be able to give forth all its vegetation. But there has got to be a yoke in order that the ox should be kept going in the right path and the right way and to be able to bring the benefits that it can. Says the Zohar, nami in the very same way, Itzrich libarnash. Says every person needs lekabla alei to accept upon themselves oil malchus shamayim bikadmisa. The yoke of heaven. Yeah, but can't you theoretically... You can... That goes against the first thing you're saying, that you, you, know, you, could, you could accept the yoke of heaven and do everything, but not necessarily because of the era. I mean, it could be still because it's Abba, but you're doing the same thing. Yeah, but, but the concept of a yoke... You're doing, is you're a, doing the yoke. Tr- doing yeah, the, but the con- love means I'll just express myself the way I want. Yoke means I'm putting myself in, this is how I have to do it. The yoke sort of says, the control is yours. I am submitting to your will. Now, I might submit to your will because I love you, Right. But I understand that. But that the submission <laughs> su- submission is a Yura concept. When it's just like, you know, I love and we'll be good and we'll friendly and we'll work things out, then there's no submission. Submission, I might the submission, there might be a love there that's behind the submission, but there is a basic feeling of submission and commitment, that's where the yoke comes in. And submission is a Yura type of feeling. Right? It could be again. It could be inspired because if I love you, I submit. But that submitting recognizes that I'll do things that I don't appreciate, I don't enjoy. I'm doing them because you, because they're good for you, because you want them. Okay. So he says, the e, and here, here's probably the the uh, strongest line of the statement, the If one doesn't have by themselves this concept of that yoke of heaven, loy sharia be kedusha chulu. The Kedusha cannot really rest within a person. In order for Hashem's Kedusha, for Hashem's holiness to rest within a person, there has to be that Kabbalah's Ol Malchus Shemayim. Kabbalah's Ol Malchus Shemayim means, I'm not in the mood, I'm not up to it this morning, I'd rather not, Hashem said. That is the basic Yeras Hashem necessary. For sure. Mehem Neshem Dafkuf Yid Aleph Omad Beis, is a part of the Zohar. It's written, 
Shakal Adam Sarik Lihiyais Bishtei Bechines Umadregus. Every person has to have really two different components. Vehein Bechines Eved or Bechines Ben. In our relationship to Hashem, we have to have both of those components the servant component and the child component. Right? Comes Rosh Hashanah. What do we say over again and again and again? Avinu Malkeinu. That we relate to Hashem on two levels. Or Im Kibonim Im Kavadim. Exactly. So many parts of our davening are based on the fact that we recognize that our relationship with Hashem is this dual relationship, a double type of relationship. On the one hand, we're children. And children, of course, talks about is about love and about feeling and closeness and ahava, and that's great and important. At the same time, there always has to be that sense of Yiras Hashem, Eved Hashem. How do we say when we open the Aron Kodesh? We say Ana Avda Dekutsha Brichu, right? That I'm a servant of Hashem, and we accept that and understand that. He says, Va'af Yish Ben Shuhugamkin Eved. Sometimes you have someone that really operates just like a child, but also has like this hidden level of eved, of servant within. One cannot reach this level without having first the tremendous level of yira, of fear of Hashem, as it's known to those who know how exactly that works. And he's going to expound on that later in time. So that is the big point. He says, there's got to be basic Yerush Hashem, basic acceptance of the yoke of heaven. And again, whether you feel it in your heart, you don't feel it in your heart, that's secondary. As long as in your mind you feel it, in your mind that's what you want, then you're good. That's that's what he says here. I think we spoke about last time, perhaps, like that you, uh, that you could possibly say that. Definitely. <laughs> I was just checking. We still have another 15 minutes. <laughs> unless we have to go. <laughs> no, no, no. Then yeah. you could possibly say that, like, that you could fear, the fear that you could have is the fear of not being close to Hashem. Yeah. But, but, but how the how the Baltanya is saying that like you need fear as part of it. Could that be the fear or or not really? Because that's almost like kind of like that like love, you know. Right. Right. More like so, you know, I don't know if it's exactly has to work for everyone exactly in the same way. The, the important idea is that there's a clear element of fear of Hashem. Now, fear of Hashem, as we discussed many times, doesn't mean that Hashem is going to come down in a you know, pillow of fire and going to you know, sm- uh, you know, uh, smite me. Or sm- uh, yeah. Is there such a word? Yeah. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a sense of awe, of recognizing that he is much greater than me, and I have to perform for him, and I have to fulfill what his desire of me is, fulfill what his commandments to me are. Now that feel, fear might be fueled by a by a love, by a feeling of closeness, which is fine, but it can't just be a nice, warm. We have a wonderful relationship, Hashem. You know, him and I, we're, we have we'll, we'll work it all out. There has to be that level of commitment that he's my master, and I have to f- follow what he says. And that is, he says, a, a basic uh, hakdama preface that my avoda should be considered avoda. Okay, now. And, uh, uh, he takes this one step further, and I want to try to read a little bit more here. He says, okay, we discussed that one person doesn't feel it emotionally. But then there's another guy who says, you know what, not just I don't feel it emotionally, I don't even get it intellectually. In other words, you know, I think about it, and it's just like uh, totally, um, what's the, you know, sometimes you think about something, it just has no effect on me. Not just emotionally, even intellectually. It's like, okay, Hashem is great, Hashem is wonderful, he's my king, but... I don't sense any connection to these thoughts that I'm really thinking. 
Is that your Hashem? So, so I want to do the right thing, and I think, okay, Hashem is great, and Hashem is a king, and Hashem is watching me, and I'll do the mitzvahs. Done. And now I do a mitzvah. Does, is this mitzvah considered Avodah Hashem? If I don't even feel that I connected intellectually, Oh, you still get something, you still get benefit. Oh, so what is the benefit? And that's what he discusses in the next couple of lines. And he says, after the colon, af He says, a person that even in their mind and thoughts, eno margish, does not feel, shum yira ubusha, any fear or any embarrassment. Mipne prisus erech nafsha. He says, because of the lowliness of this, gen- this person's soul, Mimakar chotzva, the weight where it's taken from, mimadregas tachtonos, the yud spheres, the asiya, that's a Kabbalistic uh, um, address, you know, where this soul came from. And there's a lot of spiritual levels. And let's say, you know, when I when I was in line for souls, I was really back in the line, and I picked up the lowest soul in the town that they were handing out that day. So my soul is so spiritually insensitive, uh, not sensitive, that I don't feel, I don't, you know, I don't feel the whole thing. Does that exist? It seems so. It does seem so. You know, it does seem so. In other words, it seems that the type of soul one gets, there's a lot of different levels of soul. Now, every soul in its essence is connected to Hashem. But in its actual spiritual sensitivities, there are people that are very spiritually sensitive and people are extremely spiritually non-sensitive. And that's the fact. Um, I'm sure I've shared here in the past, I remember I was teaching a class in Israel and I'm talking in the summers and I'm talking about, you know, Hashem is concealed in the world. And one of the girls in the back of the room raises her hand. She says, Rabbi, Hashem is concealed? What are you talking about? Just walk outside, look at a tree growing, look at a birth, look at a child. I see Hashem everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it's concealed for some. She's, I don't know what you're talking about. And it became odd, the conversation. I'm the rabbi. And I'm supposed to be pushing spirituality. And she's saying she sees Hashem. And finally, at some point, she says, fine, if you say so. And, and I'll never forget, it was like two weeks later, she's still... You know, he asked you, have you ever done the <laughs> So a week or two later, we're in class, and again, I, it came up. I talked about concealment, and rightly, her hand shoots up. <laughs> Concealed? What? Where? When? Right? Some people are just more spiritually sensitive. And some people, you, they can think about it for three hours, and you can hit them over the head, and you know, the whole spirituality thing they don't, doesn't talk to them. Yeah, that's the difference between Alvin and you know, is... I can see Hashem everywhere, and I do see Hashem everywhere. But I can still do Averis. The fact that I can still do Averis is, is is a concern in Europe. That you know, that's really what it is. If you can, if you see Hashem everywhere, you won't do it. You won't do it in Averis. No, you, you just need dark. Imagine sunglasses. you see Hashem everywhere, but like, <laughs> you know. Anyways, so back here says the Tanya. So see him as easily as you forget him. He became so much one with nature that he's that he you know. So I'm saying I who think like, I'm saying the person who can't. Right. The person who's the person who is going to see Hashem so clearly, but then could also just go do averas. So I think it is kind of he's been blessed that he could see him so clearly, but at the same time as Yitzhar, you know. But but I, I, I would agree with what Arya is saying. That person has a is lacking a lot in the Yira department. Arya Turk. Right. You'll you'll figure it out. But the person who senses Hashem and has that you know love relation with Hashem, but sins here and there, is is lacking. I would say in the year department. For sure. But anyways, so back here says the Tanya. So what about this guy, who thinks about Hashem but it doesn't resonate at all in my mind? 
I, I think about Yiras Hashem, but I feel nothing, even in my mind. Af al nevertheless. Being that, fine, I don't feel anything. I'm totally cold to it. But I have a kavana. My intention is to do what Hashem wants. So I thought about Hashem and said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do a mitzvah. I feel zero. But I'm going to do a mitzvah because Hashem said so. This is a complete service to Hashem. And here it says a, a magnificent statement. Fearing Hashem and serving Hashem is two different concepts. So even if on the fear department I'm really flunking, I'm not feeling anything emotionally or intellectually, but being that I have accepted myself to serve Hashem and do what He said, so I, again, right now I feel zero, but I know Hashem said to wrap on those tefillin. So I get up in the morning at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock, whatever it is, and I feel zero, but Hashem wants me to do this, I'm doing it for Him. Says Al Rabbi, that's Avodas Hashem. What's the difference between I go to Gemara and when I go to Shlema? Ah, you picked up on that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Because, yeah, that, the, some of the commentators, the Tanya, they picked up that before he said Avodas Shlema, which is a higher level than Gemara. Did you peek in one of the commentaries? No, that was what I said. That was Noah talking. Noah wrote it. Not Ari. So, so, so that, you're right. When there is some level of feeling to the Yira, then the Avoda is more bishlemos, more complete. But nevertheless, he says, even if I have zero feeling, and it's just a question of I'm accepting to do what Hashem wants, so the avodah is considered avodah gemura. So you're right, gemura connotes some level less than shlema. Shlema, shlema is complete, but nevertheless, it's a whole wholesome avodah. And the Tanya says in the beginning that avanira the kanfayim. Yeah, we're gonna get to that even even uh, an hour we'll get to it today. Do they, but uh, right. do they keep going down? In, are they gonna keep going down in levels? Um, what are you going to do? Is that what he's going with us or no? No, no, we're almost finished the, the levels. Because I, I was like, what about somebody who just doesn't feel anything? And doesn't even, not even doing it because Hashem said so. He's just doing it because that's why he was, you know. So then that's not a voda. That's not a voda. That's not a voda. It's a mitzvah. You feel the mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. But it's not a voda. A voda is Hashem. Yes. No, no, there, no. There is a concept of I do it because I'm used to it. Because that's just, that's, that's the way we, I do. That's what you do. That's what you do. And the mitzvah was fulfilled. It's important to understand that, even if there is zero. But the concept of doing a mitzvah as avodah Hashem, it's not. And now, he, but now he adds one. It's what we do. But <laughs> now, when you say who said things, say also, I, I didn't say it. That know? was the rabbi. Said <laughs> so he says, but not just that. He says the emiss is that this guy. It's not just avodah; it's yira also. As long as in my mind for a moment I thought Hashem is looking at me, even if I don't feel anything, there's some element of Yira to that. And that's what he adds here. And he says, V'od, and additionally, Shebe'emes mikayim gam mitzvahs Yira. A person, when a person thought about Yira's Hashem, and thought about Hashem is watching me, even though they feel very little. So not only is there avoda and avoda, but there's a level of Yira as well. When one draws the year into one's mind, at least at that moment that you're thinking about Hashem, then he says, there's, there's something about if someone's watching me, 
even not a king, just someone, there's someone else in the room that affects something about how we act. It says, Basar uh, a person of flesh, head you're a simpleton, Sheino Melech. It's not a king. Hamabit Allah is looking at, one, at, at, one, at oneself. Shenimna ba'avuro milasos davar she'eno hagun be'enav. Someone else is in the room that affects a regular person is affected not to act and do certain things just because someone is watching. Shazun nikra yira. This is also called yira. In other words, if we can if we can connect to Hashem even for a moment and just remember one thing, He's looking at me. Forget about yira. Forget about fear. Forget about trembling. He's looking. And to be able to feel Hashem's looking at me, so just like, you know, Ari is looking at me. So that just does something to me. And he says something amazing. He says, how do I know that that's called Yira? So there's a beautiful, powerful statement of the Gemara from Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, one of the greatest Tanoim, and he led the Jewish people. Before he passes away, his Talmudim ask him for a bracha. And what does he tell them? Fear them like you fear the He says that the fear, fear of Hashem should be on you no less than the fear of another person. And Talmudim said, what? I mean, I mean, like, and Rabbi Yochanan said, yes. Oh, that's a high level. Yeah, he says, when another person is looking at you, you, know, you act in a certain yeah. way. He says, it's not about being afraid. You're not, you don't act different because you're afraid of them. It's just decency. It's just a person's there, you act a certain way. I wish, he says, that's what you should do. told his disciples, you hear that that and I brought to you is that the fear of Hashem should be upon you like the fear of a person of flesh and blood. Teidu, he says a proof to this. Kishadam person sins. he says At least nobody should see me. And that is a basic level of yiras Hashem. Rak This is it's a lower level of yira. It's just called the yira of chait. Shekodemes lechachmaso, but that is before chachma. That's before learning and coming to higher levels. The yira ilahu yira beishes chulu. This yira, this yira, there's higher and higher levels of yira, fear of Hashem and embarrassment before Hashem and so on. There's many levels, but at the most basic level, it boils down to Hashem is watching me, and therefore to act in a way in accordance to what Hashem wants from me this moment. And therefore says the Alter Rebbe, if a person has just that basic idea to be able to recognize in the morning Hashem is watching me at that moment, that's yira Hashem. And the mitzvahs that I do because of that is called Avedah Sashem. However, if you don't even have that, and that's where he continues onward, and then he moves on into the Ava department in the next year. Avedah Sashem will do that next week. I hope. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome.